Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, hour number three, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the com and uh, on Twitter at Pete Calliner. Um So the House Republicans voted along party lines early this morning to... Uh, to move towards impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for a, quote, willful and systematic refusal to enforce immigration laws as border security becomes a top 2024 election issue. This according to the Associated Press. The debate took about eight hours last night. Uh, I did not watch it. The Homeland Security Committee debated all day Tuesday well into the night before recommending two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas to the full house, a rare charge against a cabinet official unseen in nearly 150 years, which is weird because I did not think Mayorkas was that old. But apparently he is, and no one has seen him for that long. As Republicans make GOP presidential frontrunner Donald Trump's hardline deportation approach to immigration their own. So again, this is Republicans pouncing, right? Republicans seizing, right? When the scandal is, um, when the scandal is about a Republican, then the story is the scandal. When a scandal is about a Democrat, then the story is about the Republican response to that scandal. And that's what we have here. This is the Associated Press's response to the scandal, right? The scandal is the massive wave of illegal migrants, unauthorized immigrants that have come into the United States in the Joe Biden administration because of the policies that he unwound from the Trump administration directly related to that. And so now uh, everything will be framed as this is a deportation model, right? Because so many people have come through that now the system is overwhelmed. And so you've got Donald Trump talking about deporting people. You've got uh, 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 Republicans talking about deportations. When, in fact, Joe Biden could reverse course right now. He does not need congressional approval to do it. He simply has to reimplement the policies that he de-implemented when he first got into office and celebrated, by the way. Um, the Homeland Security Committee voted in favor, all the Republicans voted in favor, all the Democrats voted against. The vote was 18 to 15. I thought it was kind of comical in that the the Democrats got to bring in some witnesses, and the witnesses they brought in uh, were the same that they used during the Trump impeachment. And these, you know, constitutional scholars at the time of the Trump impeachment told Congress that 
They did not need evidence of a crime. In fact, you don't even need a crime to be committed, just a breach of trust. Just a breach of trust, which, by the way, is one of the articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. But now the Democrat scholars are like, oh, this is totally different (laughs) because it's Democrats. The impeachment articles charge that Mayorkas, quote, refused to comply with federal immigration laws amid a record surge of immigrants and that he has, quote, breached the public trust in his claims to Congress that the U.S.-Mexico border is secure. The full House could vote on the impeachment as soon as next week. If approved, the charges would go to the Senate for a trial, though senators may first convene a special committee for consideration. So this is going to jam up the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. A lot of the more moderate Republicans not keen to wade into this fight, which is why they're like trying to hammer out some deal, you know, on the border. But they're doing it all behind closed doors. Nobody can know what the details are. Uh, But they definitely want to tie it to Ukraine funding and I guess Israel funding, too. So they want to put all that together and they're they're. You know, they're mad that people are coming out against it. They don't even know the details, but they don't want to give any of the details because they're still in closed door sessions or whatever. It's just, guys, this isn't this this isn't going to work. <laughs> OK, I don't know who needs to hear this and the GOP, uh, your gang of however many that you guys are working on this. This is not going to work. OK, it's just not going to work. The problem is too bad. The time for doing this was like three years ago. You guys didn't do it. And now it's gotten so bad, uh, people have uh, people are fed up, and to the point where now it has become a major issue, if not the major issue, particularly among Republican voters. I'll get into that in a minute. First, let me... Uh, oh, wrong one. Hang on. Let me jump over here to Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Pete. How are you? Hey, I I'm- just have a, I have a question for Prim and Proper Mike with this Prim and Proper Charleston accent. <laughs> um, Is that a Charleston accent? I didn't know that. That's a Charleston accent? I was not aware. Yes, I believe so. Okay. All right. Yeah, when I went, when I walked through the battery, everybody I, I uh, spoke with in the battery sounded just like that. Ah, okay. Okay. So, anyway, does Hillary Clinton stating she is a proud member of the resistance sound insurrectionist? Uh, it, Number it, two, yeah, could, yep. Was it Letitia James, New York Attorney General, running on the platform of "I'm going to get Trump"? Yeah. Isn't that a danger to the democracy? Yeah. yeah. And then a question for you and my, and Mike. Uh, please explain how FDR served four terms as president. I mean, he did exactly what Mike's afraid of. He was in there four terms until he died. Mm-hmm. So he did not give up that seat. Talk about, you know, the threat, threat to the democ- democracy. Pardon me for stumbling there. Anyway, I don't know how and why he served four terms. If you could explain that, that would be great. Well, I'm, I appreciate it. it. Yeah, well, I mean, populism is a strong drug, you know. It's a, it's a strong, uh, it moves people, you know. Um, and people, uh, that you know, he had a lot of halo effect from World War II. He had a halo effect for, you know, lifting us out of the uh, the, the Depression and all that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's why they, that's why Congress came afterwards uh, and said no more four terms. Like we're putting term limits on this because like even his own Democrat members of Congress were like, this guy's, he's gone nuts. Like he's, he, he's never going to give up the presidency. And so they had to, they had to put the term limits, uh, on the position after he was, uh, after he was dead. So, okay. uh, I was out. 
always assumed that the limit was always two terms since that's the precedent that George Washington set. No, well, it was that was the precedent. Nobody had ever blown it up until FDR. It's just like it's much like, you know, Democrats talk a lot about, uh, you know, taking the campaign money, the federal financing of the presidential campaigns so as to not be, you know, simply a money contest and, you know, to not be corrupted by all of the uh, special interests. And then, of course, along comes Barack Obama and after agreeing to do that, like every other president since Nixon, then proceeds to not do that, blows through the cap, uh, takes all of the money, even foreign donations, while John McCain was unable to do so because he had locked himself into that uh, into that program, and Barack Obama outspent the guy like like four to one or something. Um, and see, it's different when the Democrats do it. They they can blow up the norms because the democracy is so important to protect. And again, if you keep in mind that whenever they say the democracy, what they mean is the Democrat Party. Oh, yes. And I'd just like to remind to my or say to Mike, there is nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. That is so true. keep defending him, Mike. That's true. All right. Hey, uh, Chris, good to hear from you, sir. I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, it's true. I, I, I cannot explain. Um, I cannot answer the questions that Chris answered or asked, except to say, yeah. Um. So these impeachment articles charge that Mayorkas refused to comply with the federal immigration laws. Um, Mayorkas, who is uh, in Senate talks on border security right now, he wrote a letter to the committee and said, you, you should be working with us to update our broken and outdated immigration laws for the 21st century in an era of record global migration. Where have you been? Where, where have you been, Alejandro? Where have you been? Like what? What? So now you write the letter, and by the way, the letter apparently went to the Congress, went to this committee at like four in the morning. <laughs> so, so, so the Democrats are like you got this letter, yeah, yeah, we got it at four a.m. So, not enough time to really make any kind of an impact. Sorry. Democrats on the panel dismissed the proceedings as a stunt and dissident for other civil servants snared in policy disputes by lawmakers who disagree with the president's approach. No, here's it, to me, it's a very bright line. You have the law, right? And if the, the, the administration is telling you don't enforce the law, then that's a bright line. You should be saying, no, I have to enforce the law because that's what I'm sworn to do to uphold the law. Right. To me, bright line. Very clear. I mean, to me, at least. But what do I know? Just a radio host. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? OK, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at CarolinaReadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com Veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out news talk 1110 wbt 704-570-1110 1-800-wbt-1110 email is pete at the dot com. <clears throat> again i apologize for um for the voice it uh 
It's kind of raspy, and I know it does sound kind of stuffed up. I've been getting over the crud, uh, but uh, feel good enough to go today. So uh, now it's just kind of yeah. You, you just make. I just have to make you suffer through listening to it. So uh, look, we all have to give a little here, okay? Um, this is from the piece by the Associated Press, right? Yeah, the Associated Press. House panel recommends impeachment charges against Mayorkas. Um, Joe Biden told reporters, I've done all I can do before he got on a uh, plane to go to a campaign-related trip in Florida. Uh, He says, give me the power through legislation, which he said is something that he has asked from the very day he got in office. So he's been demanding power, but no no, no threats to democracy here, right? Not going to get any calls from from Mike and, and you know, or, or, or uh, Jack, right, about threats to the democracy, right? They're not worried about Joe Biden demanding more unilateral power to do stuff that, by the way, he, like, he made the mess by undoing directives, executive orders, right? By not going through Congress, he did the things that now have yielded these results. The idea that he needs congressional authority so he can have more power to do stuff in order to, quote, cure the problem he created in the first place is, it's horse hockey. Okay, it's just, it's, it's BS. The Republicans also accused Mayorkas of lying to Congress, pointing to comments uh, about the border being secure and about vetting Afghans that were airlifted to the United States after military withdrawal from their country. Do you remember that? Yeah. Legal experts, including Jonathan Turley and Alan Dershowitz, have said the criticisms of Mayorkas do not rise to impeachable offenses. If the House does... So, the AP now quoting Jonathan Turley, I notice. Okay. If the House does agree to impeach Mayorkas, the charges would next go to the Senate. Uh, In 1876... The House impeached Defense Secretary William Belknap over kickbacks in government contracts, but the Senate acquitted him in a trial. So the two articles of impeachment, one is for willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law, and the second is for breach of public trust. And as Democrats told us in the impeachment of Donald Trump, right, it's a political process. And, by the way, it's one that Republicans wish to focus everybody's attention on. So if it seems like um, Republicans uh, are banging the drum on the border invasion a lot lately, it's because they are. Why? Because people are very concerned about it. The issue has broken through. Mm-hmm. And this is why you've got a lot of Democrats who are now very nervous and they want this to just go away, and that's why you've got them trying to make these arguments that it's the Republicans who are trying to stop all of this. You know, Joe Biden, what was the quote I just gave you? He's like, oh, I, you know, I've been telling them from the beginning, you just got to, I've done all I could do. You got to give me the power, right? You just got to, you got to give me more power so I can fix the problem I created. This is their argument, because the polling is not good. For example... Bloomberg. Bloomberg is out with a uh, poll that shows Biden increasingly looking vulnerable on the issue of immigration. 
Um, the percentage of voters who said immigration was the single most important issue to them in November went up in six of the seven swing states. This according to a new Bloomberg News morning consult survey. The problem with this survey, and there's a lot of people focusing on the, the numbers on this, and I'll go over some of the numbers, but the problem is this is a, this is a survey of, of registered voters. Not likely voters. These are just registered voters, which once again, that's just anybody that showed up at a DMV. They get a phone call and they're asked, oh, are you a registered voter? And they say yes. Like, okay, well, what do you think about this? And that person may be 70 years old and have never voted in their life. They're just a registered voter. So, it, right. So it's, it's of limited value. It is interesting in order to get a snapshot to like take the temperature of the... Uh, of the general public. But as far as whether this is an indicator as to who is going to win, not so much. But it is interesting. So we'll go over some of the numbers in a minute. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I do appreciate it. Brett Winterbull's coming up next. And reminder, we've got the debate tonight. Uh, starts at 7 o'clock at Wingate University. I'll be there. And uh, along with all of my co-hosts, Bo and Beth will be moderating um, for the uh, North Carolina Congressional District 8 GOP primary. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, let me start with John here. Hello, John. Welcome to the program. Hey there. Pete hey. Dean, military dean. Oh, hey, Dean. How are you? Doing fine. This was about your crud and fighting your crud. Would you yeah. like a solution? Sure. Well, I'm all about solutions. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, 16 years ago, whatever, my daughters were getting ear infections and I was getting a crud and I was trying to figure out what it was. I kind of felt it was the dryness in our houses and our sinuses. So you fast forward to my time in Afghanistan, and I was only over in Kabul for about three months before I had a raging sinus infection. Hmm. Somebody, whis- somebody whispered in my ear, if I would take a Zyrtec a day or whoever's store name, a Zyrtec a day, you'll never get these sinus infections. Well, I have done that since 2011, mm-hmm. and I have not had the creeping, crawling the sinus infections when I came home to Charlotte that starts around this time of the year. Maybe you start fighting at the beginning of December and then it's really raging by you get to January. Just just something that I've experienced and I have never had the, the, the crud, the infection, the head infection going on and all that. So, yeah, so I, I've not had like the, uh, there's been no infection like a bacterial infection or anything like right. whatever the viral infection is that you get you get from just like the cold you know like right that's obviously what it was it was um but ah. yeah it was just hanging it, mainly in the in the chest area but sinus pressure but no like bacterial sinus infection i have had those in the past but i don't get those a lot okay well yeah but zyrtec a day huh zyrtec a day Zert- and my doctors know all about it and they shake their head and they understand why i'm taking the end and his and histamine, yeah, and all that stuff has just gone away. Yeah, interesting. All right, hey, I appreciate it, Dean. Good to hear from you. Take care. All right, man. You too. Uh, let me jump over next and get Lane. Hello, Lane. Welcome to the program. 
Hello? Lane? Lane? Or Leine? Am I pronouncing this correctly? L-A-I-N-E? Is that just George misspelling Lane? Or what? Yeah, no. All right. We gave you a shot. You could try to call back Lane or um, or not. Either way, let's go to the... Uh, uh, let's go to the immigration numbers here uh, from the Bloomberg Morning Consult survey. Again, this is just registered voters, not likely voters. So there's limited value, but it is basically sort of like a uh, just like a public opinion survey. OK, uh, so 61 percent of the voters in six of the seven swing states. And I have those states here. Hang on. North Carolina is listed as one of them. Um, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. All right? Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. So those are your seven states. Six of the seven, six of the seven said immigration is the single most important issue to them. 61% of those voters... In those six states, or yeah, in those six states, say Biden is at least somewhat responsible for the wave. At least, and I love the way the AP, uh, or sorry, this is Axios.com. Here's how Axios frames it. They say, you know, Biden is at least somewhat responsible for the wave. On the same question, 30% blamed Trump and 38% blamed congressional Republicans. So note, Trump and the Republicans get blamed but Biden is just called somewhat responsible, which, by the way, that's probably the language that was used in the survey. They probably said, you know, of these three parties, who do you think is, you know, are, you know is Trump uh, partly responsible, somewhat responsible, largely responsible? They, they probably just used the same language in all the questions. But Axios rewrites it to say blame for the Trump administration, blame for congressional Republicans, even though it's a two-to-one blame game against Biden, who's just somewhat responsible, at least somewhat. So they combined multiple categories there. Because at least somewhat responsible means that you, you, you designated them as at least response, somewhat responsible or largely responsible or totally responsible, right? Usually you get multiple choices in there. But Axios doesn't tell us that. On the same question, uh, voters in those states say Trump, uh, they, they trust Trump over Biden on immigration issues, 52% to 30%, and that 22-point um, margin is up five points since the last poll in December. Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan are the seven states in the poll. Um, Biden trails Trump by an average 48 to 42 percent across those seven states. But again, keep in mind, I know like Trump world is going to be like, see, he's going to win. These are just registered voters. I'm not telling you that the poll is put out there to, to make you think you're winning. So you stay home uh, or to make the Democrats think they're losing. So they get uh, you know galvanized and they show up. I don't know why people do these polls of just registered voters. They're just public opinion. The economy remained the most important issue in every state, but 51% say they trusted Trump to manage the economy compared to 33% for Biden. So the challenge is, 
how do you how do you turn out all of those voters? Because they're just registered, right? They're not likely. They're not likely voters. They didn't screen these people to find out, have you voted in the last, you know, two presidential elections? Do you plan to vote in the next presidential election? They didn't do that kind of screening. The uh, Also, by the way, get this. Um, if, if you're feeling good about this survey, the indictments that have rallied a lot of Republicans to Trump and made him almost unbeatable in the primary uh, have made him a vulnerable general election nominee. The polls show... 23% of self-identified swing state Republicans say they would reject Trump if he's convicted of a crime. So whatever, so if, if you're looking at these numbers that Trump is leading over Biden, 48 to 42%, but a quarter of those Republicans go away if Trump gets indicted, or, sorry, if he's uh, found guilty, if he's convicted, not indicted, but if he's convicted of a crime, then he loses. So, so that's not good, right? Now, the question is, would they actually, right? Would they actually not vote for Trump, you know, in the, in the secret confines of the voting booth? Would they actually still vote for Trump? They're just saying they wouldn't in the poll. Based on their own biases. Right? I am not. I don't know how people are going to react. Because he's got four criminal cases against him right now. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag. All righty, final segment here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Let's head back to the phones. We have Larry. Welcome to the program, Larry. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, heard your segment last hour. You had a caller that asked why more media wasn't covering the support of illegal immigrants by uh, NGOs and nonprofits and so forth. Mm-hmm. I did actually see a segment on Fox a couple nights ago. They had a reporter, filmmaker embedded in a caravan that came up from Colombia to Mexico, and uh, he was showing examples of maps, for example, that were being handed out by the Red Cross along the way. These are glossy maps showing, I think, 12 different entry points, Mm -hmm. uh, favorable entry points along our border. And he mentioned uh, the existence of a Chinese immigrant-only hotel in one of the towns where everybody that stayed there was Chinese. Uh, So it seems like it's a pretty uh, uh, successful enterprise for all kinds of people to get these immigrants into our country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's an entire economy built up around the human trafficking that is occurring. Yeah, black market and you know, above board, like there, there are hotels that cater to the various groups of people. Um, and then there are, uh, you know, obviously drop houses and cartels that uh, profit off of the suffering of these uh, very same people. Well, there's not much spontaneous about it at this point, Mm-mm. if there ever was. Um, are you aware, since you mentioned NGOs, are you aware, aware of any rating service out there for NGOs similar to uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center that ranks 
performances uh, from a conservative standpoint for NGOs? That's a good question. I do not like sort of like a like the charity guide star, right? Where they rank the like different a wa- charities. Like a watchdog agency that yeah, will, you know, give some rankings for those things. I'm not aware of that. Maybe Since somebody they are else off the radar screen. Yeah, maybe somebody knows, uh, and they could provide. Uh, they could provide that info, Larry. I don't know. That's a good question, though. I appreciate the call. Uh, maybe if somebody knows the answer to that, uh, they could shoot me a, uh, an email, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show, uh, or you can call in, 704-570-1110, or you can uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Pete Callender, uh, before the end of the program here. Let me get Matt on next. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Thanks you for know, calling. I hear, I hear a lot of people who don't seem to think that the open border is impacting us here in Charlotte. And, you know, the reality is it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hear a lot of people out there who, who, who scream for affordable housing. Well, guess what? You can have affordable housing or you can have open borders. You cannot have both. Mm-hmm. You can't build 52 units of affordable housing and have 3,000 immigrants come in and think you're getting ahead. The same is true. You can have affordable, you can have accessible hospital emergency rooms, or you can have open borders. You can't have both. Try going to the emergency room in the evening and see that you're going to spend eight hours waiting and see who you're waiting behind. Um, You know, it is impacting us across the board here in Charlotte. And the reality is you can have a modern welfare state or you can have open borders, but you cannot have both. You can have one or the other. And that's a quote from Milton Friedman. You've probably right. heard it before. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this and this is the, the problem I have with, you know, capital L libertarians is that uh, they uh, they want, you know, they, they view labor as a commodity just like anything else. And so it moves freely across the border and government shouldn't be restricting it. Uh, but the problem is it ignores the existence of the, the modern welfare state. And so unless you can dismantle all of that first and then say, OK, anybody can come in with limited uh, background checks and vetting, that's a that's a different argument at that point. But there's no appetite for dismantling the modern welfare state. And as such, then, no, you have to have the borders secure in order to restrict access, because otherwise you bankrupt the entire nation. The working poor here are being crushed yeah. by open borders. Yeah, I mean, they can't go to the county health center without and get in line and see a doctor. They can't go to the, they can't get a good job. They can't work in construction anymore because you know all the open all the all the basic jobs there are being picked up by uh, illegals it's it is the working poor who are suffering and it seems to be the affluent white people who really seem to think oh well we should still run our our immigration policies based on uh, inscription that was written on the uh, statue of liberty 150 years ago yeah. because that way we show we care Right. Well, I mean, look, it is very on brand for Democrats to be looking at uh, non-white people for menial tasks and uh, indentured servitude type positions. It's very on brand for Democrats for dating back, you know, 200 years. So, uh, Matt, great point, sir. Uh, Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, I kid the Democrats. I kid. I kid. Not really. Um, By the way, on the uh, calling for support of the um, of the Texas governor's efforts down at the southern border, um, 
uh, all of the three Republicans running for governor, Dale Falwell, Mark Robinson, and Bill Graham, uh, all have uh, called for uh, support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Um, applauding his efforts to secure the border, um, saying uh, that uh, that they individually stand with him, and if they were governor, they would be helping uh, Texas in its battle against the Biden administration's refusal to enforce immigration law. So, all right, uh, stay tuned. Brett Winterbull's coming up next, and then, of course, the uh, the big candidates debate, yeah, at 7 o'clock here on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thank <laughs> you.